0: You're listening to a podcast from 7 2 We
1: are um, bringing you our Friday profile. Last week, Friday, straight after the show, went and ran a few errands, sorted out my date, and we were off to go watch Knuckle City as it opened. I just couldn't wait for this film. I had seen the trailers leading up to the opening and being a fan of the work of the uh, director uh, and uh, producer and screenwriter, I just thought it's a must, it's a must. The earlier the better. Sometimes, you know, you just can't wait and it's one of those uh, effects. His work has that effect. And that is none other than Jamil XT Kubeka. I do need to wax lyrical about him before we start. He is a film director, screenwriter, producer, and he's worked on a whole host of different genres. He's one of our finest in the post-apartheid um, production, film production era. He brought us of Good Report in 2013. Remember, it was a movie that was chosen to open the Durban International Film Festival. But then it was announced to have been banned by the National Film and Video Foundation of South Africa uh, because they believed it contained romance between or inappropriate material in the form of romance between a teacher and a student, constituting what the board at the time uh, described as child pornography. Of course, he challenged that decision and it was overturned and it brought this process of how the board makes these decisions under the spotlight. And then he moved on to create a, a really a fantastic film, so the winter to my skin for such a long time I, I wonder about what this title evokes um, and finally I'll probably get to ask him but yeah. it, it it tells the story of a real mid-century outlaw in this country John Geppe eh, who used to steal from the rich white South Africans and he gave to the poor black uh, South Africans, the landless in this country and it is layered it is just so visceral to watch um, and in true I, I think it, it gave us a sense of of what else um, that Jamil can do. And now his latest film, which is on at the box office at the moment, is Knuckle City. And it also, it was chosen, yes, to open the Durban International Film Festival. And it has an impressive cast and tells a truly powerful story. Uh, Dudu Nyakama is an aging boxer uh, whose best fighting days are behind him Uh, but the thing is he needs to uplift his family he needs to be a better provider and so there is a big boxing match with a big uh, with huge prize money that he puts himself up for but in so doing he gets embroiled in um, matters that pertain to the underworld and so I love the ending not going to give it away but Jamil I love the ending of this film for so many reasons because we'll talk about that off air because if I say any more than that (laughs) we would have given it away. How are you doing?
0: I'm very good. Thank you for having me, and uh, good afternoon to your listeners.
1: It's wonderful to sit across from you, where I, we can I, talk about your work.
0: I know, right? I feel like I know you because I've spoken to you on. Uh, yes, you've interviewed me at least twice over the years since that uh, of good report. So yeah, I, I feel very honoured to be in your company.
1: But just Big last thing. week, and I said it again today, and even when, when I was interrogating and with a friend analyzing, um, Knuckle City. Yes. I just feel like I want to climb into that brain of yours. <laughs> get in there and just have a look around. Are it's you like. Yeah, sure.
0: It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a murky, dark space. Is that how
1: you would describe it? It does seem like a particularly interesting place, just judging by the kind of work that you've created. Yeah.
0: Yes, um I I live in my mind mm-hmm. to a large degree, you know. Um I, I think I've been that way since since I was six or seven.
1: Yeah.
0: I think um quite early on in my life I learned how to entertain myself. So I'm, I'm quite comfortable with my own company and being in my own head, yeah. And um, it's a vast space of, of uh, worthy of exploration, I think. And I constantly <laughs> do that. But it's not just my own personal mind. I think it's everybody's mind. I mean, we, mm. uh, we only operate, we've been told that we only operate from a 5% perspective. Only 95% of our subconscious we're not aware of. So yeah I think it's that space that I'm 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 just totally uh, consider myself an astronaut or uh, <laughs>
1: explorer for sure. Well in knuckle city you take us back to uh, your stomping grounds where yes. you grew up but before we get there though I want to just talk about something you said just now that as a kid you used to entertain yourself a lot.
0: Correct correct.
1: Uh loner how was this inter- what was the entertainment? Um I think
0: I was alone about choice, yeah. but um, I was definitely astute enough to when I, whenever I'd be around other people, I'd be able to be um, social. Mm-hmm. But uh, I definitely enjoyed my company the most. <laughs> 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 you know. And um, it, 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 it was, a sp- I mean, I remember as a kid, it started off with small little games, mm-hmm. but then I started really playing with the imagination and even sharing stories with others. And the way that they'd get hooked onto these stories, um, wow! It, it it really did something within me. I mean, I remember we used to have a carpool that used to take us back to the township from uh, from our white schools. Yeah. And um, the the trip home to the township, um, I'd always just regale my, my my contemporaries with all these stories. Mm. And I think after a couple of weeks, one of them just raised the point and said, "Are these stories true?" You know. <laughs> and uh, that that shook me for a little bit because it didn't matter. They were so visceral in my head and how I communicated them to the next person. And what I could see their reaction would be from these tall tales. For me, it just cemented it right from the get-go. I've always wanted to be a storyteller.
1: And the interweaving with film, how did that happen?
0: I caught on to film quite early on, you know. um, My parents divorced when I was very little, so uh, I was raised by my father. Mm -hmm. Um, And... uh, being raised by a father, quite naturally, he was never home for, for, for much time. And uh, he left me with um, video endless videotapes and VHSs, you know. And I just, I dwelled into that space. It became uh, um, a, a mentor of sorts, you know. Um, yeah. It became also a place where, of refuge and imagination, great imagination. But the thing that always used to just uh, um, uh, really hit me hard was the fact that even though I loved all of these images all of these archetypes i would see on screen the thing that was always niggling me at the back of my head was that it was not a representation of me or anything that i knew yeah so you kind of you know young black child you know you just tuck that away and you put it to the side and you pretend you see all these uh blonde-eyed and blue-eyed faces on screen. And, you know, you you kind of – you root for them. But deep down, there's a slight bit of yearning for for something that that essentially uh, um, affirms self. Yeah. And that's the importance of images. You know um I hope in my career one day I'll get to meet Eddie Murphy because I want to tell him what how much of a liberation hero I believe he is mm. I mean, I remember what does he
1: that. represent
0: for me, he's the guy who kicked a white man's butt on screen for the first time that we've never seen before. Yeah. I mean the closest maybe was Sidney portier with um uh Tony Curtis, but um for me, that image, I remember being seven, eight, seeing him and Nick Nolte in 48 hours. Yeah. It was just such a powerful, visceral uh, uh, perspective to see a young black man with so much confidence. <laughs> and, and I think I hooked onto that. And now as an adult, I, I totally understand what that was about. Mm. And also the importance of film. And, and and these images that we put up to affirm, especially in our context, the young black child. Yeah, yeah,
1: mm. yeah. Uh, this thing of having your own archetypes that surround you, that you tuck away, very it important. Makes, makes me wonder about then Knuckle City mm. and what you do with it, because you go back to Mdanzani, right? Yeah. And just seeing that landscape, I love the power of seeing what is familiar to us as well, a landscape that is very familiar to us. So you take us back there, to Mdansani, which can be also seen as the home of boxing. It's produced quite a number of champions. Correct. Um, but boxing there is also seen as a means of uplifting, you know, of of, of achieving your dreams, getting out of the poverty trap. Mm. But then at the same time, we see how lots of dreams are just left in the wasteland. Correct. Yeah. Why was the, what was. What is it that – it became an entry, of course, hmm. into this world of hmm. toxic masculinity. Hmm. Take me about this – take me through this odyssey of
0: – Okay. Well, um, you mentioned archetypes. Yeah. You know, um, Danzan has always been bu- uh, uh, built around a, a very particular kind of archetype, which is the uh, against-all-odds hero who basically will fight his way to the top. Mm. Um, our first world champion was happy boy in, class, yeah, in 1955 mm-hmm. and not just champ, world mm-hmm. champ okay um, in the nin- early 90s apartheid period we had our welcome later. we had in we had people fighting for world championships yeah. and I mean Ufungu, bless his heart, he lived down the road from me mm. in fact I remember in 94 during the elections um, I accompanied my aunt to a voting station and there was Uvian, but Upur at the time wasn't a champion. Literally, I think this was maybe a month before he was gonna fight. And he came over to my to my aunt, he was so excited that he had gotten this fight with Kennedy McKinney and he was gonna become well, he he didn't know, but he was eventually gonna become a world champion.
1: Yeah.
0: But the guy was in standard seven.
1: At that time.
0: He was like twenty something years old, but he was in standard seven. Wow. You know? So um, not to go on about the and bless his heart, you yes. know, uh, much love to him. But um, now that's the reality of that place in that space. Mm. You know, we had millionaire uh, boxing champions literally in our streets. But this is during the height of apartheid. Mm-hmm. So how do you balance the two, you know? Mm. And um, for me, what attracted me mostly to this particular story and specifically boxing was the metaphor that plays out in terms of boxing. Yes. Yes Boxing is one of the most disciplined sports You can find on the planet Out of every 10 people 0.5 can actually be practitioners in the sport Mm. You know So it's a highly, highly disciplined sport However though If you look at its practitioners Right across the world I'm not saying all boxers, But a lot of boxers don't have a good record with their home lives. I
1: see. In
0: fact, it stinks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking legends here. You yeah. know, people we know by name, but uh, there's no need to mention them. Mm-hmm. Um, right across the board, it's the record is poor. We can make a wholehearted statement like that. I'm not saying all boxes, but a huge yes. portion. Yes. You know, it's kind of like the priests, uh, with, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, In that vein, so to me, the 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 irony of the situation is: how can you be able to to um, to apply such high level of discipline in a sport, but the minute you step out of that ring, your home life is a wreck. It's a wreck. Mm. It's easier to to uh, uh, to get pummeled in a ring by an opponent than to bounce a baby on your lap,
1: be nice to your your girlfriend, be
0: good to your wife. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's those contradictions that I, I was interested in. Also, because that's a potent issue for all of us as men right now. You know, I'm I'm 41 years old. What do you
1: think then of that tension, considering the dialogue we we're, we're having mm. about uh, GBV, for instance, and gender inequality? Because this comes out at a time your your film demonstrates in full view toxic masculinity correct, and correct. its destructiveness, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and so on. And then it comes at a time when. This this hashtag men are trash and this conversation is a prominent one in this country. Correct. Yeah. Well, I mean, but from- oh, is that your thing? Because there's there's a part of me that thinks that you you are drawn to these things that make us like uncomfortable, that need to be looked at and challenged and addressed. And you are saying, let's look at it. It's real. It's confronted, and in its honest, realist portrayal.
0: Well, this particular issue is personal to me because I'm a man. I'm 41 years old. I'm a father and I'm a partner to to, to someone whom I love very much. And it's like, what role and what do I have to contribute to society as a 41-year-old male with a lot of bad habits that I've learned through the years? Obviously, I'm dealing with them, but it's like, what is that internal conversation? Mm. And uh, when I look at that conversation, it's very much one of – uh, uh, an internal attempt to 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 go towards one's own a uh, um, uh, better virtues, if you will. You know, we we strive towards our better self. I don't think we strive to towards our our worst, hap- our base self. Yeah. So in having that conversation, I find it it's not only pertinent to me, but it's pertinent to to every man. And the boxing ring is such a great metaphor to play it out as mm-hmm. a microcosm. You know, it's like. Yeah, we, we have innately um, elements that are, we can look at ourselves and say strength is something that uh, is, is a virtue. Mm-hmm. But if it's not guided, if it's not given the right principles in place, it can be all Absolutely. over the place. Absolutely. And really, what the film is about is looking at the idea around what we term to be identity. Because quite often, our identity is actually what I would term pseudo identity, because it's actually a lot of habits. That we think are a part of the makeup of who we are, but just mm. these are just inherited things that you can discard.
1: Mm. We do need to take a break, Jamil. We have to take a break. (laughs) I wish that we had an hour in fact to continue this conversation because we only have half an hour. My guest this afternoon is Jamil XT Kubeka. His film is out at the moment. It's called Knuckle City and it just adds another layer to the complexity and the beauty of the work that he's done. Knuckle City, before that, So the Winter to My Skin, a beautiful film to watch and then of good report, which does challenge so much of What we are willing to talk about in South Africa. The Friday Profile. Um, we continue our profile and we don't really even have much time with Jamil XT Kubeka. He is my guest today as we look at, uh, his approach, his thinking behind Knuckle City, a great title that's on at the box office at the moment. Um, earlier before the break, you said strive to be, uh, our better selves, you know, and you we were talking about these pseudo habits. It sounds like film is, um, and I, I've never asked this of a director or a maker of productions about it serving a, a healing purpose or something more than just the ability to create
0: i definitely believe that yeah. i mean um i wouldn't put it in the forefront because it sounds a bit selfish right yeah Because uh, yeah. what i do is essentially for an audience and people so i can't walk around and say hey hmm. this is my therapy
1: but ah. but,
0: but, but my art is my therapy I'll tell the honest truth. My mm-hmm. art is my therapy. Um, are you a
1: better man since making these really challenging pieces?
0: I think so, to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, for me, these are moments of reflection, fundamental reflection. And especially when you sit with a project for a good two years, you yeah. know? Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, the art encourages reflection, and that cannot be a wrong thing.
1: And the bravery, where does that come from? Because it's easy to not create work like this
0: yeah some might call it stupidity (laughs) but um i think it's a willingness to be the fool i'm willing to be the fool um for my art um Mm. yeah definitely um but i'm also surrounded i'm very lucky i'm very i'm surrounded by by amazing people specifically my partner leila Mm swat um great producer great editor and um i just think she she brings balance to our space. I'm the chaos. She's the balance. The order. The order. It's, it's really neat. It's
1: amazing that you are not a trained filmmaker.
0: No. um I mean, I... I, I um, I, I never in went you to school. Didn't study. No, no. I was accepted by after, mm-hmm. but uh, I couldn't afford it. I couldn't afford the lifestyle of being a student. I had to work. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I yearn for it some days. You know, just the idea of sitting around and talking about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I miss that aspect. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, the school of hard knocks is where I is where I, you I, lived. I, that's where I learned. Yeah,
1: I think that's the part that is most revealing. And sometimes there's something to be said for that. That when process can stifle creativity. And then when there's free reign, when there isn't that restraint, when there isn't a need to adhere to structure and process and system, that then creativity can easily blossom out of that in a different approach. There's in- an opportunity for innovation.
0: Correct. Um, interesting though, um, I'm at a place now at my age where I'm all about restrictions. I'm, mm. I'm all about limiting my abilities.
1: It's age and maturity. Yeah, I just
0: fi- <laughs> I just find I just find the more limits I have, the, the more I come out, the more um, it challenging it becomes for me, but it, it, it places it in, in, in a space where I can really, really, really hone in mm-hmm. on my ability to create visual alchemy, if you want to call it that.
1: Oh, wow. That's yeah. special. That's beautiful. Uh, but while creating visual alchemy, I was saying to our movie reviewer earlier on that my one gripe, Jamil, my yes. one gripe, is the subtitles? <laughs> <laughs> there was one point, and please let's use as appropriate language as we can. Yes, of where course. you where the the line says, um, it says eating her, and we know that you could have used a better <laughs> translation for the causa instead of eating G- in the correct. English.
0: In, in Costa we say, I mean meaning cosa can <laughs> cannot be uh, translated. So if that's an idiom that's running around, I'm, I'm already running against the grain. You yes,
1: know? Yeah. yes. <laughs> but just a little side note there. Uh, there was you, just you still should. so much to discuss. There's so many powerful moments in this film. Uh, there's one that I loved, a scene in the movie where Dudu, our protagonist, gives a speech about how the fighters are being exploited by, you know, the promoters, links and Brapet, you know, which now brings in the underworld world and so on Correct. Um, they control the boxing circuit in Tanzania and he just goes on and on and on being vocal and you would think this is a moment but it turns out not to be a moment and I thought it was such a ironic commentary about yeah. the real South Africa hmm. how they exploited are the tools of their own exploitation
0: yeah
1: and there's a deep sadness in that yeah
0: there's there's, you, there's the uh, sorry to interrupt yeah. you there's the idea that uh, we can diagnose our own illnesses you know we can see where the problem lies like you said there in that in that moment you know he's very articulate about where the problem lies mm. but he can't get out of knuckle city
1: he can't he
0: can't and uh, that becomes an even bigger pain yes that burden of knowing
1: hmm. you know
0: there's there's ignorance there's bliss in ignorance
1: there's so much we could have still talked about you know the women in the lives of these men just mm. the, their personal lives, the community, and of course, the criminal side of things. There's still so much, but a layered, beautiful
0: film. Thank you for having yes, me. Yes,
1: alas, time is up. <laughs> uh, that was Jamil XT Kubeka. It's got such a star-studded cast. Siv, Siv Ngesi, mm-hmm. and not to you. I don't think I've seen you in this light before. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are people like Tembekile Komani, there's Bongile um, Mansai, who plays the part of, uh, Dudu, in fact. Uh, And then there's also a huge favorite, uh, Zolisa Kvaluva. um, And he plays the father in this case. And then the late Nontle Nkonyeni. But beautiful. I just loved every single piece, every single part of this particular film. And this was our moment to congratulate Jamil for yet again giving us a, a provocative piece of art.